This. This is, this is Diversified, Diversified Game. Game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today's guest, you guys are going to get game from the real estate perspective, the brokerage perspective, but all around, an author. She's done so much. Constance Carter, she's a mother of four. Her husband, Warren, he has to be proud of her because she's a best-selling author as well. She's a broker in real estate. She will loan you money for the real estate. She also has opened the co-op spot in Sacramento. She's known about bankruptcy, but she's also known about making over $200,000 a year. Mrs. Carter, how are you? Welcome to the show. Hey, 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 hey. How you? Thank you for having me. I'm so excited about being here, Kellen. This is amazing. I am so glad to have you on here because I, you know what I like when I saw you doing your thing online is you have that no BS approach. This is what it is. These are my bumps. These are my bruises, but here's my success. And that's what diversified game is to show people that the the road to success isn't always a straight road, but how do you stay on that curve? And in a time like this, we need to hear how are we going to bounce back based on the success that you've already had and the bouncing back? Give us some keys and tell us about yourself. Okay. Well, I appreciate you having me on today. I am honored. Um, so you, you, you pretty much said who I am. I mean, I, I uh, own a real estate company. I own the largest African-American-owned real estate firm in California, um, and we are growing uh, we just opened up another office, Capital City Catalyst, out in Sacramento. Um, the co-op spot, which is a really um, super uh, high-tech, innovative um, co-working incubator. Um, so super excited about that. Uh, one of my passions is really helping entrepreneurs to uh, up-level their business and, and, and go from six, five and six to seven to eight figures um, and, and give them the blueprint on how to do that. But it wasn't long ago, you know, 10 years ago, I was bankrupt, um, almost 11 now, yeah, uh, 2009. Um, I was bankrupt, 379 credit score, but I was making over 200, $250,000 a year. So I was making a quarter of a million dollars, but I had all this money. I did not know what to do with it. I did not know how to manage it. So what I've essentially done is I, I looked at the things that I went through and I made those hardships that I went through. I created a blueprint for them. And that's been my my claim to fame, so to speak, is just helping other people through the things that I went through. So that 379 credit score, I wrote a best-selling book about credit. Here's credit. Here's how it works. Here's how to get your scores up. Um, you know, mismanaging my money, um, not really understanding and being broken, broken. I wrote another bestseller called The Secret to Breaking the Broke Code the broke code. And so that's really about how to break the broke mindset, but really how to get you on your way to, to really start manifesting millions. And uh, those, and I have four books total, but those two are really the, the blueprints um, that I use to help other people. So that's just kind of where I am. You know, I'm around the way girl from San Jose, just like you said, and didn't come from money or anything like that. But I've always had a passion um, to get to the next level. Also, not only just me, bring other people with because that's the most important piece of it so um that's where i am and, and that you know everybody needs a roundaway girl 
fellas, she's already taken if you heard the intro. So don't <laughs> start, you know, hitting in the DMs, um, and, and, you know, because, you know, how, how it is online. Folks are crazy and think they're in a movie. In a time like this where business is, uh, businesses are shutting down yeah. and you've already been through, you know, not one hurdle, but two hurdles as a mass in, in business, how is real estate and how are your other businesses going to either benefit um, or maybe even be broken by this? Yeah, well, I'm hoping it'll benefit. But see, I always look at the glass as half full. I don't look at it as half empty where, where everybody else is saying the sky is falling and there's peril that's coming. I'm looking at it as, okay, what can we do differently? How can we pivot? How can we shift? And it's, I'm telling you, it's the mindset. Now, I know that we haven't reached the pinnacle of um, the spreading of this virus. I understand that. But what I also understand is there is a way or an outlook that you can have that can change everything. And one of the things I do, even with my agents, I do a sales call every Monday. I've been doing it for years. But you have those people who are like, oh, no, and it's just me like, hey, listen, that's what we got to do. We got to stay focused during this time. You know, the cool thing about um, California is the governor just deemed it and it's uh, real estate an essential business. So we can still do business, but very lightly. So, you know, we can show houses that are vacant and, you know, we just have to take um, precautions because housing is an essential. You know, some people need to sell their house in emergency. Some people may need to, may they need, you know, they might be homeless. They need it, you know, so it isn't essential. Housing is, is essential. Um, but I'm saying, you know, the, the great thing um, about how I operate is I've always said that you have to have multiple revenue streams. That is the, the most important thing as a business owner, but even more, more beyond being a business owner, if you are employed. Because look at what happened. Look at what happened. What happened? Where are we at right now? Yes. Today, they announced that 6.6 million people filed unemployment. That means 6.6 million people who had jobs that are depending on those jobs, they need, they need unemployment. Now, don't get me wrong. If I was employed, like if I was an employee of my corporation, I would be filing unemployment too, right? Um, I'm going to take advantage of all the, the opportunities that are out there because we pay taxes and those things. But what if that's your only source of income? You stuck holding the bag. You have nothing else. And a lot of people are going to be devastated. A lot of people are going to be impoverished. A lot of people are going to be homeless as a result of what's happening right now. So it's so important that you have multiple revenue streams. One of the things I have for my agents is, you see, I, I own a real estate company. I also own a loan company, which we're, we're direct lenders. We, we lend our own money. We have a warehouse line where we have millions of dollars that we lend. And um, so with that, I'm giving my agents an opportunity to have multiple revenue streams. Not only are they selling houses, but they can also originate loans. Now, all of them don't do it because it takes a special licensing, but they all have the opportunity to do it. So the same principles that I'm teaching other people about, you have to have multiple revenue streams. I, I actually implemented that within my business is not having all your eggs stuck in one basket because it could be pulled off from under you just like that. And the crazy thing is, um, somebody was like, people need to know, you should write an ebook. And so I wrote an ebook last week and I just... Um, released it this week it's called seven online revenue streams to build your million dollar dream to fund your million dollar dream and that can be you can get that off constancecarter.com um, but i just wanted to inspire people to say listen do not have your eggs in one basket you need to, the bible says that in ecclesiastics i think what, 11 and 2 12 2 it says that you should have seven you should invest in seven revenue streams in the event that there's something that can, can hit the land that a disaster strikes the land you need to have multiple revenue streams that's what the bible says so I live by that. I do it, you know, best-selling author. I get money from that. I get money from, well, right now I ain't getting money from the co-op spot because it shut down. I get money in real estate. I get money in um, loans. 
I get money in my cannabis dispensary. So my money ain't short, but believe that I'm going to take advantage of all the opportunities that are out there for me. So um, I believe that, you know, everybody should be in this time, especially this time she teaches anything she teaches that we should have multiple revenue streams. And, and, and I, tell me if this is true in California, but in Seattle, um, the cannabis is still an essential part. I mean, yeah. you know, so <laughs> that like, money hey, is. Go down to Zen, the garden on Hammer Lane and <laughs> <laughs> I don't partake. <laughs> and, uh, I just get the money. I just invest. So, um, but it's, it's good for business right now. That's the thing. Sure. People stuck in their house. Alcohol has gone up. Um, I'm due because we get we get our uh, dividends um, quarterly, so I'm due to get my dividends this month. So it'll be interesting to see how much weed has gone up over the last month. <laughs> yeah. And talk about um, you know how the dividends work on the cannabis investment because there's you know young, old, whatever people, everyone can invest if you don't buy you know Jordans or Louis Vuitton with oh the first gosh. money you get and put it in that. But talk about you know, what it takes to invest in that, where do they need to go? Then how much would you suggest? Not that we're giving financial advice, but we're giving you her, what she's done. So then, and what type of dividend you can expect in a time of, this is a pandemic. So this is a crisis, um, you know, talk about that and educate the folks. Okay, so, so uh, investing is all about being intentional, right? So, so, um, I invest in different things. I invest in stock. You know, I have an Acorns account. There, my money is diversified because one of the things that I understand to be true is that the wealth gap is so wide. Because number one, you know, real estate is the number one wealth creator in this nation, and African Americans weren't able to partake in real estate um, investing because of things like redlining and predatory lending. So our wealth is built in our housing, right? And um, and we, we have just been able to get in the game over the last 30 years where you have others at a 300 year head start. So the wealth gap between African-Americans and white Caucasian households are vastly different. Um, their net worth is over a hundred thousand. Ours is less than 2000. Okay? That's huge. And one of the reasons, um, is, you know, housing, but the other thing is we don't have a diverse portfolio. So it is muy importante. It is very essential that we have to start investing our money in other things. Right now, the stock market is so low. Get you an Acorns account. Start funding that bad boy, whether it's 50 or $100. I gave my kids um, four years ago, Dr. Boyce Watkins, who's a good friend of mine, I bought the, his program, had, had told all of them to uh, sign up for it and, and watch it. And if they did, I was going to give them $1,000 a piece. So that's the only one I did was my own son. And he made, he took that $1,000 that $1, and made $8,000, okay? Um, and, what long, and what time period? That was about two years. It took okay. him about two years to make $8,000. He's a 12-year-old kid. He's mm -hmm. 16 now, almost 16 now. But um, the, the point is, you can figure out everything that you want on Google, Google University. My son, he was buying pharmaceuticals, and he was buying, you know, I teach the principal, don't buy Nike, buy, don't buy Jordans, buy Nike stock, right? Don't just buy those items don't just buy liabilities, buy assets. So that he was buying, you know, assets as well, but he took that and he grew it. Um, and so, so with that being said, investing in say marijuana or, you know, that's a little bit more complex. Um, it was just an opportunity and I was very intentional. I, I, I believe in the power of manifestation and visual, visualization. So I, I, um, I said to myself, 
that I wanted to invest in marijuana. I was actually sitting down with a guy at a conference and he said, we were talking about it. He was saying, listen, you know, brothers, brothers have gone to prison. You know, this is the game we need to be in. You know, you got all these other people who are making billions of dollars and we have worked for 25 years of life. And I was like, you know what? That's, that's the game I want to be in. And an opportunity presented itself. Somebody called me, a girlfriend of mine was like, hey, because she would always call me on investment opportunities. She was like, hey, I line on a, a, a dispensary. And I was like, how much of a check do I need to write? Because I already knew this is what I wanted to do. But that's about being in the right place, not only being in the right place at the right time, but being the right person in the right place at the right time, having the means to be able to do it. Because 10 years ago, I, I, I had money, but I didn't have the means because I was blowing my money. This was a six-figure investment for me in the marijuana dispensary. And within a year, I made my money back. Now, an average investment, it normally takes you know three to five years to get your ROI. Or say three years, right? It's a good, good time to get your return on investment. I made my return on a six-figure investment within one year. That is no. a damn great investment. No, that is awesome. I, I, and sometimes I get the, I can hear the, um, the folks, it's hate, but it's also curiosity. So I can hear the haters sometimes. And they'll say, well, she's probably an accredited investor then if she can get in deals. Were you, are you? No. Were, no, you, you weren't an accredited investor. So this is just something because the opportunity. Uh, it was came. opportunity. Okay. Yeah. It was just an opportunity. So I, I'm definitely not an accredited, accredited investor. There was an opportunity. There was a dispensary. They were opening in my area. They needed some investors. Um, you know, the first meeting, it was a bunch of people and it was a bunch of African-American people. The owner is not African-American, um, but he has about eight, eight dispensaries, like all of these attorney all over the state of California. Um, but there were a lot of African-Americans that were there that were interested in investing. I think at the end of the day, it was only, you know, maybe three or four of us that ended up investing. But um, the, you know, I get a payout the way they do it because uh, marijuana is a cash business. So, you know, you can't, you know, they can't write the check. You know, it's not insured by the FDIC. So I get paid out, you know, in order to help with their accounting, I get paid out quarterly. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's great. You know, I, I don't have to do nothing. I just go pick up my money and I have a, I have a nice little bag <laughs> in my cash. And then I'll take a picture. I'll be like, hold on my money like this. And I'll send it to my parents. Look, mom. One time my dad was like, you better not be putting it on Facebook. I was like, Dad, I'm not crazy. Like, he, my dad don't know the difference between text and Facebook, so he thought I texted money to him. He thought it was on Facebook. I was like, Dad, chill out. I ain't about to put that on Facebook. When I do that, I'll be like, hey. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> and, and I want I want to even um, break this down for someone. To say, wait, hold on. Um, I could get a hundred thousand, or maybe I have a hundred thousand with that investment. Did you have to put the cash down, or did you have to take a loan then to do the investment? How did that work? However, you wanted to do it. So for me, I had the cash available. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I I definitely recommend you know if you're going to um, use your credit for anything, then it should be for investing, right? So we should be using credit as leverage for investing, and that's the whole premise behind credit, in my opinion. Don't use credit for bad things. Don't use it for liabilities. Use them for assets. So if you had to go take out a hundred thousand dollar loan to invest in this, absolutely, yeah. I, I I don't think it's a bad idea. Thankfully, I didn't have to do that. But if you did, it's all good. You know, the, you got to look at what your interest is going to be, what, what you're paying back, and versus what you know what your dividends are going to be. So you got to look at that option out. And, and and also when you're doing an investment like that, what were some of the safeguards that you did? Because a lot of times. Folks, you know, especially newer folks, new money, people coming into the NBA, NFL. Oh, I, I handle 
uh, I'm a consultant and I handle influencers and, and different people. And sometimes they'll say, well, how do I know this investment is guaranteed? And I say, well, you know, there's nothing guaranteed in business, period. We're seeing that now where you thought something was guaranteed, but what are some of the checks and balances that you do before you give somebody a hundred thousand dollars cash? Oh yeah, that, that, that's good. That's a great question. So I, you had to understand who was, who's the primary. So who's the primary seat on that investment? Um, there was a prospectus and it was a very conservative prospectus, right? I, I looked at it and it was like, ah, you might get your ROI back in five years, right? This is weed. And I knew that they were going to be opening it up for rec use. So this was the mar medical marijuana. I knew within a year it was going to be rec use. Oh, it's about to blow up. Um, I, I looked at who it was. What was his experience? Who are the other players? Who are the other investors? Um, what's going to be the return on my investment? Uh, contracts. You know, you got to look at the contracts. You know, is there a clause? Um, uh, you know, wh what are the safeguards? What are the things that are going to protect me? What are the things that are going to protect him? Um, you know, is there, is there, cause there's a buyout clause. So, you know, at, at some point I can choose to get, you know, totally bought out. I, I, I don't ever plan to, um, I, my kids going to be making money off of it. Hopefully, you know, at some point. And the great thing is, and then you got to look at, again, like they're, like I said, their experience, but I looked at what was around here in, in my area, there were only two other uh, dispensaries. So there was a huge need. And I think they're only allowing like four total. So now they have three. Um, and they're only going to allow one more. So, and this is the only legitimate, you know, one that's not, this is in a shopping center. We purchased a building, a commercial building. Um, it's right by Toys R Us, where Toys R Us used to be. It's right by Pier 1 Imports. Um, so, you know, you just have to look at all of those things, but you definitely have to look at your contacts and ensure that you are, you know, benefiting um, what kind of, you know, kind of dividends, what, what percentage shares that you're going to have in this uh in this uh, company, all of those things are ext extremely important. Right now, this this um, dispensary makes about a million dollars a month, and so um, but they were projected like you know their prospectus was like, oh, we might make a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars a month. I knew better, mm -hmm. but of course, there's no guarantees on any investments, and so you got to be you know I I whatever investments that I make, I do it knowing that if nothing ever happens, I I got I've got to be okay. With it. I'm not gonna get my last on nothing. <laughs> I'm a risk taker, but I'm not going to go hungry. I'm not going to put my kids in harm's way. So when I did it, and, it, and they took a, it took a little bit longer for them to open just because regulations and, you know, whatever licensings and all that stuff. And my friends, they were like, girl, you, you sure? You sure it's going to happen? You know, and I was like, I'm, I'm okay. Because I wouldn't have done it because if it never opened, I would have been okay still. But, you know, thank God I did my due diligence and, you know, everything worked out. Love to hear those those stories. That's the impactful, you know, they always say scared money don't make none, but first yeah. you gotta have some to put in and then you have to know your circle. And I yeah. find that a lot of times, you know, our community, I don't like being the only one in a networking circle. So I'm always mm -hmm. calling people, hey, you guys wanna show up to this, show up to that. But these are how deals get done. It's just right. new and having that money and and that's a, a beautiful thing. So when you're, you know, making these type of investments and you're writing your books, I mean, you got books on days. You got, you know, so many more books in So you. many more coming. <laughs> yeah. You're you're more comfortable in a time like this where, you know, you can just focus probably on on more things. Now, has 
any of the business, like the co-op, you said the doors are closed, mm -hmm. but if I'm not mistaken, that property is paid for, right? Uh, it's not paid in cash, no. no. no not I, I'm financing. Okay. Do, no. do you worry about like, okay, how much money I'm losing on that? Are you thinking about, I'll just throw it out on the taxes and I'm sure the government will have some type of bill on top of that because every, a lot of people need help. But do you worry mm -hmm. about that business? So I looked at it because I just opened the doors. So I just bought the building in December. Um, and it's a beautiful, beautiful building. And we put a lot of money into it. But I looked at it as, okay, this may not make money until the end of the year. So I made sure that we had enough reserves set aside so that, you know, in, in the event that we didn't, you just, you know, you gotta be, you gotta put, put that money away in the event that it doesn't. So plan for the worst, prepare for the best, hope for the best. Um, and so the great thing is about it is my bank called me and was like, Hey, how's this impacted you? It absolutely is impacted. Okay. Let us know how it's impacted you. We're going to give you six months, no, no payments. Praise God. Right. So, you know, I, I, I leverage, I'm going to use that. Um, then the SBA is giving grants of, I think what, $10,000, um, for your businesses that have, um, that have been impacted. So I have two different, well, three different corporations, um, I have three different corporations, but I applied for two. Because two, one was related, the real estate, the loans, and then I have it. So I, I applied for grants for those. So I just, you know, just been trying to safeguard myself um, with upfront. Thank God. Thank God. Um, so I have a location here in Stockton, and, and I have a location in Sacramento. But just making sure that we have, you know, whatever we needed in place. So I'm safeguard in the event of. Now, those SBA grants, I've seen on the same, because uh, we're an 8A firm, and when we go after the government stuff, that, you know, I get the stuff, I have the, the, the whole, like, you know, I, I bother the government a lot. But what I have seen on the same thing of grants, I've seen in loans right underneath. And I'm like, hey, is this a grant or is this a loan? Um, the stuff that you applied for, is it 100% grant? Or are they loaning $10,000? No, this is the grant. So I applied okay. for the grant, but I did see uh, they do have the loans as well. So I didn't mm -hmm. want no loans. Mm -hmm. um, we did apply, apply for the grants. Okay. That's part, that was part of the stimulus package. You know, the government is taking care of businesses first. You know, citizens are getting $1,200 plus uh, some unemployment, uh, but they're going to take care of the businesses because the businesses are, are the core of the economy. So... Yeah, yeah, I, so I, I, I'm always, government, love, love, go, love our government, love all governments, but um, I, I, Africa, I'm Mr. Africa, so real estate, Africa, Africa plan all love day, it. And, love I, it, love I, it. Yeah, and I always, I'm always working, when you work with the government, and even when you have the little, you know, plebe job, I'm always a little skeptical of who they'll take care of first, mm -hmm. because, you know, I, I tell people go after all that, but don't then just go sit back because what Constance is saying is that. all true, but she has so many streams of income. Some folks will hear that. Oh, I'm about to get this 10,000 <laughs> and sit back. And now you can't sit back because you don't know. It's kind of like the student loans after 10 years. I, you know, not even 20% of the people got the loan forgiven after 10 years. So right. you never know what the government will do. But it, I mm -hmm. mean, you know, and my friends in London and my friends in Canada, their governments are giving them real money to live off of. I mean, folks are getting like 80% of their salary. Yeah, like, I heard about that. Yeah. 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 So it's like, we're not. No, US of A. 
Yeah, you, you know, and, and this is supposed to be the greatest country. And when I heard that money, I'm talking to one of my team members and I'm like, hey, what do you know about that? She's like, you don't have to worry about it. You won't qualify. I said, what do you mean? And she's like, she sent, the, she sent me the thing. And I said, wait, I saw people even who were making 90000 they're giving $200. I said, what is $200 going to do? What's that going to do knowing that that person probably has a mortgage and two car payments because most Americans, that's how they're living. I don't like any of that because I've been through that. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been through almost losing a house and like, I don't like that feeling yeah. uh, at all. But what do you think um, is it going to take for like, what's going to happen in real estate? You think it's, you know, prices are just going to go down like 2008 and those who have cash will be king or what's your opinion? I don't have an opinion, honestly. I, I don't got a crystal ball because we can always try to, you know, predict, but we just don't know. And I choose to, to, to live on the side of optimism. Mm -hmm. um, I see what's going on with the lending side. I know that, you know, interest rates are still great. What, and, and what people need to understand is even because I know a lot of people are like, ah, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait because, you know, we about, it's about to be a fire sale. And even if the prices, say the prices went down $100,000, right? Say this $400,000 house is now $300,000. But the rates have gone up from, say, 3% to 5%. Overall, you're going to pay more for that house anyways, yeah. right? Your mortgage payment is going to be higher. And overall, amortized over 30 years, you're paying double the amount for that house. So get something, even if, you think that the prices are going to go down if you can afford that house, right? If you, because you got to live somewhere, get in something, sit your ass down, and just chill out. And if it goes up, if it goes down, it's going to come back up. I mean, you know, all markets are cyclical, so we know that you know at some point, even if it does go down, it's going to go back up. My house that I, the house that I live in right now, it's in a million dollar neighborhood, and I bought it. I got a hell of a deal. Um, I bought it. It was a foreclosure. I paid $380,000 for it. The person before me paid a million dollars for it, $999,000 before me. Okay. I paid three eight. You know, that house is back up to a million dollars, right? Yeah. So even if, you know, and, and, and so, so say the people who bought it for a million dollars, it went down all the way down 300,000 because it was a foreclosure. They didn't see the vision. I did. I put a lot of work into it though, but it's gone back up. You know, at some point they was going to get their their equity. We bought it because you know houses across the street. You know they were going for one point two million dollars, and well, the people have paid you know one point two million dollars across the street, and here I am paying three hundred thousand. I know they was looking at me like sick to their stomach, but now their house is worth one point two million dollars again. So you know if it goes down, it's going to come back up. You just got to ride that wave out, and it only lasts a couple of years. People just think about the right now, though, and that's the problem. So right now, what you should be worried about is when stock prices are down, buy those stock. You know, if you can, if you can get in something you can afford, get in some, I'm buying uh, investment property right now. I don't care. Because guess what? I'm getting a 3% interest rate. You know what I mean? And I can afford it and I'm a cash flow on the properties. So that right there, what they're talking about, that doesn't even matter to me. Now you are a real estate broker, folks. I just want to put this warning out there. She is a broker when she buys a foreclosure. She knows what she's looking for. Can you give the top two things? Because some folks will hear that and try to go buy a foreclosure on their own and they'll be more messed up than they were when they were living with their mama. So <laughs> can you tell the people the two things, just the two, I know there's more that they should look out for. Cause I think you should always have an agent. I'm just get an expert. 
I always get an expert. I still pay for experts and various things. I, I, I don't know that much. I need a real estate agent. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, what are the two things that they should be, be looking for if they even consider a foreclosure? Well, there's not too many foreclosures right now, but there will be. They're, they're, they're coming. Um, you always want to buy the best house, the worst house in the best neighborhood, like I did, right? You don't want to buy the best house in the worst neighborhood. Your appreciation is only going to go up so much. So number one, you know, if, you, if you're going to buy something and, you know, you, you've got to decide on, ooh, this house is turnkey, but the neighborhood ain't so good, and this house will need a little bit of work, but, yeah, look at, all, you know, the neighborhood is great. I would go with the, the house that don't look so good. You got to sacrifice a little bit, build it up. You're going to you're gonna get your return on investment. So you got to look at real estate, your, your primary, even though you live in it and you don't really consider real estate as an investment, it really is. Because as long as you get an equity and at some point you can sell it and make a profit, it is an investment. Um, the second thing I would say is make sure that you, um, I mean, the agent, I mean, you got to have somebody that's looking out for your best interest. And I know you already said that, but that is extremely important. Um, and all agents aren't created equal. So, you know, make sure they understand, you know, because here's the thing. You can go into a house and I don't have to sell you in a house. I don't. Sometimes I just sit out in the car. You know what I mean? I don't even have to go in there. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to tell you all the great features because you know when you walk in if you want this house or if you don't want this house, right? But you need somebody who's going to look out for your best interest. You need somebody who knows what the hell they're doing, knows how to negotiate, but they also have good relationships with people, right? So you don't want to have somebody that has bad reputation because you have a lot of those too. Um, I Thank God I have a really good reputation where I am. And so when you have an agent that has six offers and you have an agent like me, thank God, you know, I have a good reputation. They're going to take my offer because I, they know how, you know, they know how I work and they know I'm going to get the job done and we're going to have a smooth transaction and there ain't going to be no drama. <laughs> but you need to make sure that that person is, you know, they know what they're doing and they have, you know, great reputation and they can get it done for you. They're going to look out for your best interest. Man, that's, that's awesome. And you guys, all her description stuff, the website, even her Nobody Works Harder Than Constance Carter YouTube channel will be there. And I'm going to push you because I just like to, we like to get the game, but we like to give it too. Absolutely. You got to have a podcast. You got to help me. You know what? Listen, let me say something. Let me say something. Co-op Spot built a whole podcast studio. What? Yes. I, I saw you had the gym workout in there and I said, oh, that looks we got, like we got a spot. Gym workout, like, you know, the possibilities are endless. Here's the thing. Um, I'm not the big ideation person, right? So I don't have big ideas. I just execute. So thank God that, you know, I have people around me. They're like, oh, you should have a podcast studio with a green room. Good idea. Let's build it out. You should have you, good idea. You know, if I think it's a great idea, I'm going to do it. I, I, I surround myself all the time with people because I know nine times out of ten people ain't going to execute. They're going to have a great idea, but they're not going to execute on it. But guess who does? So, <laughs> she ain't that smart. She just know how to execute shit. So <laughs> that's what I do. No. Uh, so in your, um, in your inbox um, while talking, because I like to do things while we are talking. Execute. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I sent you, I think you should use anchor.fm because that will that will be like the spot that you can get paid and it's not that you know you make a million dollars the first day but okay. it's the fact that you will be able to get paid where many people were podcasting for years okay. and not getting um anything so so yeah that's um i'm that's, looking at it right now you're looking okay, at, I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna check it out 
Yeah, that 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 has to um, that has to happen because you have so much game to give. And and, you know, yeah. And and what you don't know is Sacramento, when I do go, I fly in to Sacramento. Okay. One of my favorite cousins. I got over a hundred of them, so I gotta watch my words. But one (laughs) of my favorite cousins, that's where she lives. And you know, you gotta jump in the pool as soon as you get to Sac because it's so hot. But um, yeah, I I have to check out. Well, you're in Seattle, so it's really cold. Man, I'm in the get out state. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) This this is the get out state. And, you know, if you guys have seen the movie Get Out, I mean that 100%. But That is crazy. Yeah, but I I got my favorite little, um, you know, fish spots out there. And and I like to go there. Oh, my husband likes to fish, too. Okay, okay. So, yeah, I, I, I got to it see the the spot that you have because we were there like um two months ago yeah two months ago and i I wish i would have known if the doors were open yeah you got to come through it's an amazing it's an amazing and i I, shout out to maisha domino with domino designs um she is absolutely amazing she has designed all of my office spaces and uh like she she just it's beautiful it's a beautiful beautiful space and one of the things i'm really proud of is just that is that is black owned, and and I'll and I'll just put this out here, not that I own it though. That is black owned. Like that makes me. I don't even look at it as it's mine. I look at it as it's ours, right? Yeah. I look at it as wow, this is something to be proud of. For uh, this is a win for us as black people because I, a lot of times, you know, somebody will say, oh, I own this, and you go to it, and it's just like, okay, it's a little raggedy ish, you know. <laughs> and, hey, I'm not knocking nobody's hustle, right? But we were able to get a great, it was nothing but that. Listen, I had an assessor call me the other day. And he says, um, this assessor, this, the county assessor for Sacramento, he called me, he goes, um, first of all, he called me from a, a block number. So I didn't, wasn't sure he was really who he said he was, right? Because, you know, yeah. everybody's off work. So he was like, uh, you, you got this property for, and it was under a million dollars. You got this property for X, Y, and Z. And I, I'm trying to figure out what's wrong with it. And I was like, well, nothing. And he said, uh, this did you see the cops? And I said, yeah, I've seen the cops. Well, you bought your, your building in a 7,500 square foot. You bought it for $120 a square foot, but all the other ones are going for 250 Twice mm. as much, right? So I'm like, yeah. He goes, what was wrong? Now, this, is, this used to be an architect school. Everything is state of the art, right? Designed beautifully. I got furniture with it. I have a library. I have, like, offices. You know, I mean, classrooms, auditorium, and my comps are going for d- double what I paid for. And I said, uh, he's like, well, you know, can you tell me something X, Y, and Z? And I was like, well, send me something to show me who you are, who you say you are, because I ain't been sharing nothing. So he emailed me, and he really was the assessor, the assessor, the county assessor, because he wanted to, he wanted to assess my property for you know much more. That means my property taxes would have been more. I was like, hold on, playboy, this is what I paid for. So, um, but I said that to say that, you know, it was for me. Um, it was a blessing, um, two, two years, almost three years ago, I moved into a space, um, in Stockton and I had just moved in and it was a beautiful, beautiful space, uh, Domino Design. She designed that too, spent almost $90,000 on that space. And two months later, the city of Stockton shut the whole place down, $90,000 down the drain like that. And it was eight businesses. You know, a lot of them went bankrupt, went out of business. We, Thank God survived, but we were homeless for six months. And, you know, we just, we were, but, you know, I just stayed resilient. I have a bunch of agents, 
that are looking at me like, what are we going to do? And I had to, you know, had to keep a straight face. And even though I was scared to death, I didn't know. I was down to, you know, almost nothing. Um, and, you know, I just was like, people would be like, I know you're mad. You know, everybody's looking at us. We're all on the news and, you know, other real estate agencies are laughing at us like, ha, ha, ha. They really thought they had something because it was beautiful. We was about to be the next best thing, right? Mm-hmm. And and people were like, I know you're mad. I'm like, you know, I don't know. I'm not mad. I was never mad. I was just like, well, God, what, what are you doing? That's what I was like. Okay, got to be something better. I don't know what it is. And we just, you know, we moved into another space that was temporary. And we just kind of waited. Like, I don't know what's going on. We were, they were supposed to be, you know, fixing the space so we could move back in. And we had been waiting and waiting and waiting. And had been almost two years. And finally, one day I just got frustrated. I said, let me just look and see what they got in Sacramento. And I saw this building and I was like, how is this under a million dollars? So I sent my operations manager out there to look at it and uh, he went out there and looked at it. And by that time, see, see me, if I have an idea that I think is great and I don't execute it on it right away, I lose interest. And that was one of the things he looked at it about a week later. By the time he looked at it, I was like, ah, come over it. And he's like, ah, Constance is a good look. Might want to see it. And I'm like, ah, nah, nah, nah. And he was like, just look at it. You know, it's in a hub zone, you can do this, you can do that. And it got a stage. And I was like, got a stage? Got a stage. You know, I'm a speaker. So I'm like, oh, I'll go look at it. When I went up into that auditorium with that stage, I was like, that was, that's what sold me. I didn't care about nothing else. That damn stage. Microphone? What? So. I feel you. Write that off. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel you. I always joke and say my wife and I, we bought our, our first house when we lived in Texas. I said, we bought it because it had a bar. I said, you know, I said, man, you know, and, and, and that's what the real estate agent who used to be an ex pastor and we had a good relationship with him. He wasn't our pastor, but he was like, Oh, you guys seem to like this bar. I think we got a winner. But, um, so I, I get the feeling when you see it, it's like the lights, like in a movie, yeah, the lights come like, on, like, boom. Yeah. All I needed was a stage. All I needed was one mic. But I just think that, you know, God, you know, closed that door, but that's because something else around the corner was, was better waiting on us. And what it did is it allowed us to expand our business even more. Now, you know, I, I was actually, I, I hadn't even thought about it. I, was, I bought it for the real estate company, but I had all the space. I was like, what am I going to do with it? And um, I was speaking at a voice, voice Watkins uh, conference a couple months ago. And while I was in escrow and a friend of mine, he was like, you know, I'm doing, I just bought a building. His building, he's way richer than me. He bought like a 20 or 40,000 square foot, but he's like, I'm going to make it a, a part of a co-working space. And I was like, Bling! you know, and that's one of the things too, is that, Every time I go somewhere and speak, I'm always looking for something or someone that's going to change my life in some way or another, right? So whether I'm on stage, whether they're on stage, whether they're in the elevator, we having lunch, I'm going to learn something and I'm going to meet somebody that's going to change my life or change my perspective or way of thinking. And so for that, that purpose, you know, I was there to speak for voice, but I was there to have lunch with a friend of mine who was already a friend of mine and get that knowledge, get that game. Because again, you know, I'm an executor. So, great idea. Came back, which is what we're going to do. And that's another revenue stream. So, now since you mentioned voice a few times in this interview, and I love the um, all you need is one Mike Nas reference. <laughs> uh, um, have, are, are, and I know you liked the, um, when I talked about Africa. Um, have you looked into an Africa plan or doing any businesses? Because real estate there, you would be shocked and you might even get a little greedy. I heard, I heard, you know, I was at a a power networking conference last year and which I've been going to for the last seven years, I believe, but power networking conference, if you ever 
on, never heard of it. You need to be there. George Frazier. I'm actually one of the faculties there. So I, I speak there as well, but um, was going there just as an attendee for, you know, several years. Uh, but last year, um, an ambassador from Africa, and I can't remember which country, she made an announcement, a couple of announcements. Number one, that they were trading as one, right? So now they, they, they stopped the division and now they're trading as one country. You know, the continent is one country. That's huge, right? Uh, because, you know, colonization, they, you know, split them up. And the other thing was they were saying was that they were welcoming um, all, of the, um, all of the children of Africa from the diaspora to come back to invest. And they were offering incentives. And uh, that was that really like piqued my interest. So it's something that I definitely, definitely is on, not on the back of my mind, but on the forefront of my mind. Just you know, after I get all this other stuff, that's gonna be something that I definitely, definitely, definitely want to do. So yeah, it's gonna, it's, it's gonna happen. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. It it has to happen. And if you have not been to the continent yet, I have not. You, I, I'm telling you, what, please. What country have you been? Um. So. I, my first country was South Africa. I did that as a single man. I knew my wife then, we were dating, but she says, um, actually I'm gonna blurt that part because what she says, I won't say publicly. <laughs> but I, I, I went to South Africa um, during uh, grad school. And then more recently, my wife is from Cameroon. So we took the family, my two girls, London and Sydney, we went to Cameroon. Um, I take my clients, uh, one of my clients, we went to Ethiopia to film a documentary and then um, we talked and I said, wouldn't it be cool if we took the guests like your viewers? He has over a million subscribers. He's the biggest black YouTuber on YouTube for news. And we took 30 people to Kenya last year. So, you know, and, and between that, am I missing one? I know that's it. And we have other trips planned. We had Senegal planned. This is going to be a bust because of, you know, COV. Um, you know me, but we, we, uh, Africa is like when I'm there and because my wife is from there, um, land was the easy part. Now, if she, if I didn't have a wife from there in Cameroon, it would not have been as easy. And we've even had things gifted by my, um, gracious father-in-law, but Africa, once you get there, whether you go to South Africa, Ethiopia, Kenya, or Cameroon or Nigeria, wherever you are going to be like, okay, I see it. I feel it. Uh, as long as you don't go as a missionary or military, because okay. you go through the eyes of a colonizer eyes, um, you know, not to talk about missionaries, but the church can only show you what they're there to do. It's what your right. purpose is there to do. And, right. you know, um, and, and, and shout out to all the missionaries that do good work. Uh, thank God for y'all and be protected in Jesus Christ's name. But it's, you know, I'm not going to Africa to necessarily save Africa. And that's kind of the purpose of a lot of missions is to let's go save the people. Let's help them out. Go save I, the, the savages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, and I, you know, and I'm going to Africa to connect with my folks and try to get in where I fit in. And with that, there's so much opportunity. Um, and, and it's like one of um, our influencers, he was an, another one. He was talking about, oh, we got to get in this multi-level marketing where you can buy gold. I said, that's not beneficial to someone like myself because I know where to really go get the gold. And I right. said, so do you, because you go to Africa even more than me. He goes about every other month. And I said, you could go grab the gold. And I said, really, to grab real gold as a drug dealer's hobby, because that's how they wash money. It's kind of like NASCAR. You know, that's where you see a lot of drug money 
Um, but I just throw that out there. So people say, oh, okay, I'm going to get in this business, but you have to know the players that you're dealing with. It's like getting into rap. You're going to deal with criminals. Getting into music, you're going to deal with criminals. But I think your 2020 or 2021 plan, while flights are so cheap for you and your whole family, we saw flights less than, I think it was $2,000 for some African countries. Wow. And this is wow. the t- this is the time to buy them because you the, you know you buy it now it's like it's like maybe you can't use it when you expect to use it but they're gonna credit that ticket so yeah. you'll be able to use it and that's the game that you can play if you have a little bit of you know change folks for y'all out there saying I've never been to Africa I want to go this is the time to buy we're moving to Florida in the summer and our- all over the place. Yeah, yeah, we, my, we we do that. We we do that um, every four to six years has been kind of the thing, just because of school and work, whatnot. But um, our tickets to Florida, under $600 for four people, you know, wow. and not going economy either. Mm. Wow. Yeah, huh? I'm going to be like the pastors. I don't want to be around all the demons in a car. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love it. Yeah, so tell me this, and it's a question I like to ask all of our guests. What is your community give back? Ooh, my business is my community. So um, that's, 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 that's why I got into the business. So if you look at uh, my journey, um, I, I got into real estate. I, like, I just always had a heart to help people, period. So when I, I have an IT background. When I did IT, it was like, I just want to help people. And I had to justify in my mind on doing that two-hour commute to Cisco Systems every day. I'm helping somebody. Okay, Lord, okay. You know, so when I got into real estate, it was really, and, and, and look at my first email to my friends and family, and I'm like, I just want to help people because I, I was 23 when I bought my first house and people told me I couldn't do it. Um, they doubted me. Oh, why are you moving away up? Because I moved, you know, way from, you know, I was 23. I couldn't afford a house in San Jose, which is the highest real estate market in the country. Um, so when I got into real estate, I always did business differently in a in 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 an area where people did real estate transactionally like you call 100 people you make 10 contacts you have three appointments and now you need to deal i've always done real estate transformationally which means i'm looking at who i can help how i can serve you how i can make a difference in your life how can we build your legacy and so not only internally but externally but internally as well so i was always doing real estate different you know i was always trying to educate people i want to help people you know 2008 was the, the year the height of the foreclosure um, market and we stock in California was round zero and I was one of the biggest uh, foreclosure agents in the area but I was my mission at that time was to take these like these uh, these neighborhoods that were ravished with foreclosures and turn them back into thriving communities that was what I wanted um, and then when the market changed you know we just shifted but it was always constantly about helping and then in 2010 I opened up Catalyst and Catalyst means change agent that means you know we're here to help make a difference in your life. But I, I wanted to be, because I've always opted, operated differently, I wanted to have an agency with like-minded individuals who were really about helping people, helping the community. And when they, when people come, you know, first of all, some people automatically come with that mindset. Some people come from the, you know, the, the coal bankers and things like that, you know, they come and thinking that it's about the sale. And when they, you know, it, it takes a little bit to shift their mindset on, no, this is about helping people because you got to understand there are so many people out there that need help that you ain't gonna never go hungry because there's a lot of people that need help. Instead of you worrying about how can I sell you, when you when you shift the mindset to how can I help you, then it, it separates you from everybody else. You ain't gonna never go hungry. You always gonna eat if you're helping people. 
And so having a, a business that's centered around those four simple letters and helping people, that's what we would like, how I grew my business. So um, on our wall in the office, there's, it says, God is our center, family is our why, um, business is our something, and the community is our drive. Something say like that, that again. Say that again. That that's worth. Oh it. wait, 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 wait! I gotta, I gotta find it. So now God is our it. center. Yeah, God is our center. But it's on the wall at Catalyst Real Estate Professionals, and uh, but it's 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 a tribute to you know who we are. God is our center. Family is our why. Community is our passion, and business is our drive. Um, and here's just a picture of of a bunch of people that are standing in front of that little saying, but. You know, we have, a, we, have a, we have a diverse group of agents. We have agents from all walks of life. Most of them are African-American women. Why? Because I'm an African-American woman and people like to work for people that, that look like them. And so a lot of people are attracted to the business that look like me, but we welcome everybody. We help everybody. And, and, and you know what? I, I, before we end at least the recorded part that the people will hear, because I definitely want to talk to you um, right after this, but people want to work with people that look like them. And I think going into this next future, when we, you know, I, I hear racism talk all day because of the type of clients that we have and what goes on in the world. But we have to, the same way we like to sometimes work in our tribe, because it's not always people who look like you, who do business like you and that you get along, but it's that tribe and those values. So Absolutely. instead of saying, okay, these folks don't like us. We have to create our own. And what you're talking about value is, I mean, that is any business. You have to solve a problem and you have to bring value to solve that problem. So I don't necessarily like to hear when people, oh, and they won't let me in. Well, you create your own. You create. They won't let me. Oh, I, oh, I can't stand that. They won't let me. No. In this time right now, Kelly, like the internet, it is one of the most non-discriminative ways that you can make as much money as you possibly humanly can. And so you can't, you know, if, if you have the drive to do it on your own, you cannot complain about what nobody ain't letting you do because there's too much opportunity out there. There's so much opportunity. I do know this, and I'll say this real quick, I'm sorry, as a black woman, because I know, I mean, that's very obvious and we're not gonna pretend like I'm not. I have to jump higher, run faster, work harder just to be considered equal. You know, I gotta make sure that my business is, is at this level just so I could play at this level with these other people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I know if I was a white man, I would have probably double or triple the amount of agents who wanted, who would run to come work for me just because of the core values that we have. Um, we have a very collaborative environment. So I understand that. I, there's, there's no question about that. Um, and that's just, that's the reality. And, you know, I, I knew what the job was when I took it. You know, somebody told me when I first started that you ain't going to be successful as this white man because you black and you a woman. Like, this is 1936 and the color purple, uh, but <laughs> the black, the woman, you're ugly, <laughs> right? No, they, they can't say that about you. Last <laughs> <laughs> part, they, they lying. They, they might be blind, but they can't say that about you. <laughs> but, you know, so it's, it's but it, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't that they didn't think that I could. It was just they were placing their own limiting beliefs on what they thought society had. I, and I came out the gate, just lambasted everybody. However, um, in, in the space of working, you know, that's why I wrote the ebook about seven online revenue streams to fund your million dollar dreams, because this is a space that you can make an astronomical amount of money and you are not limited by who you are, who you are affiliated with, whatever. Don't nobody got to know that you're a brother online. If you have a business, nobody has to know. 
unless you tell them, right? In your business, of course, with your podcast, yeah, because they got to see you. But you can have another business where people don't have to know, right? Yeah. So it's all up to you. But, you know, there's just ways that you can do things. And this, this is the best time to live. And then, you know, while we're sitting here, you know, sheltered in place and we can't go nowhere. And we should be thinking about those things to where we're not depending on a nine to five or the government or whomever else. We need to be thinking about what are these other things I can do myself? I can be self-sufficient and independent. Like, and, and, and when you watch Madam C.J. Walker's story on Netflix, you write down your own story. Absolutely. Because, yeah, that, that's, that's real. You have given us the names of the great Dr. George Frazier, who, oh, you know, that's, I, that's one of my mentors. Yes. Yeah. Love, love him. And, and, um, actually just sent him an email yesterday that he replied back to Beautiful. about, you know, helping sell out the next, uh, conference as well as Dr. Boyce, who yeah, you, you guys, means- yeah. But, and, and Dr. Boyce has been, a, a he, I consider Boyce a, a friend of the show, whatnot. He's Beautiful. been on the show. But I want you guys to check out those names and, and all of Constance's books on her yes. website. While oh, you and, have and let me time. tell you this really quick. I'm sorry. We, uh-huh. So Boyce and, and, and George Frazier. Um, so we were going to have a conference on the 4th in two days, 4-4-2020. But of course, COVID killed that. Um, but God willing, we will have it again. Right now, it's tentatively scheduled for 6-6. may not happen, but it will happen before the summer's over. But we're going to have Boyce Watkins. We're going to have Ray J. We're going to have um, Dr. George Frazier. Um, uh, Kia Stokes, she's a Disney star. She plays in uh, Mixed Dish and uh, Casey Undercover. Uh, but we're going to have a host of thought leaders from all over the country that are going to descend on the Silicon Valley, my hometown, San Jose, California. Um, and we've partnered with um, some amazing people. But those guys, like if you are in the area or if you need to fly in, this is where you need to be. We're doing a shark tank because here's what Ray J told me. He said, Constance, you know, it's cool. I'll come to your conference. You know how he talks. I'll come to your conference. Everything is good. But I want to see who I can make millions with. And I said, okay, well, what you want to do? So one of the things we're doing is we're doing a shark tank. So we're, it's going to be a shark tank competition where, you know, you have an idea, you bring it, you may not get none. You may get some advice. You know, Dr. George is going to be a, a, a judge. Dr. Boyce is going to be a judge. Susie Carter, I don't know if you know her. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a coach for Lisa Nichols. Lisa Nichols is a good friend of mine. Um, Susie Carter is her coach. Uh, Steve Harvey's coach and coach Paul Mitchell. She's going to be a speaker there. But um, those are all going to be judges. And like I said, either you're going to get some advice, either you're going to get some funding, or you're going to get a, you know, what's up, brother? Or you're going to get some coaching or mentoring or whatever. But it's going to be a great opportunity for a lot of people. So now that it's postponed, I would love to well, see we have it. <laughs> yeah, I would love to see it possibly around the same time or combined with Afrotech in November because a lot of folks from Seattle fly down to that. Yeah. And okay. you know, and and this is where one thing about Seattle for all those listening, we don't have a problem getting money for businesses. Yeah. Actually, you, you say no, <laughs> to no, we don't need the money because when they see our great ideas, one thing about our community, we're always creative. So as long as you're on point and you're putting in the work and you study and, you know, relationships or everything, people will give you money. There's so much angel money out here. There's so much vulture. I mean, venture money ah! <laughs> out here that that's not the problem in Seattle. And that is one of the good things 
of Seattle, Washington. So when you do, you know, refocus it, I'd love to hear more so I can tell the Seattle community, because when we do startup week here, it's awesome. And it just feels like, it's, it's not like other cities that I've seen it. It's, there's, Seattle, there's a vibrancy in Seattle that I absolutely love. So yeah, that, that sounds amazing. Well, there's a, a reason why some of the biggest companies in the world, you know, have boomed out here um, and why people come here to get that game. But I think we've given the people a game overload. I definitely want to talk to you briefly after. Um, but you guys have gotten the game. I thank you for coming on, Mrs. Carter. And- Wonderful. I thank you for the opportunity. All right, y'all. Y'all be blessed. You've been blessed by the game. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversify Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit diversifygame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.